Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, October 19th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Rising coronavirus infections and new lockdown measures have economists worried about a double-dip recession in Europe. And the UK's chancellor is ready to release tens of millions of pounds to end a lockdown deadlock. Plus, sterling has been on a bit of a roller coaster ride for the last few years. So how will Brexit after the transition period affect the UK's currency? I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The number of coronavirus cases in Europe, they're not a spike or an uptick or a surge. No, Europe is full on entering its second wave of the pandemic. Countries around the block are implementing restrictions. Maybe not anywhere like what we saw in the spring, but still pretty serious. And Europe's second wave is raising the threat of a double-dip recession. Here with me now is the FT's Frankfurt bureau chief, Martin Arnold. Martin, what in particular has economists worried? As you mentioned, the rising level of infections is what's got economists revising their models for the fourth quarter and some economists are revising their growth forecasts into negative territory. In other words, they think it's possible that having fallen very sharply with a record recession in the first half of this year across Europe, uh, and then rebounded with, with expected to be record growth figures in the third quarter, we're then going to see a subsequent fall back into negative territory, which is really bad news because the European Central Bank and and the European Commission and the IMF have all been forecasting that growth would continue, albeit at a slower pace through the fourth quarter and into next year, helping the Eurozone economy to get back to pre-pandemic levels sometime in 2022. But if we slide back into negative territory, that really is going to be a setback for those uh, recovery uh, projections. I want to get more into the health part in a little bit, but break it down for me. I know that you've been doing a little bit of calculating recently. How bad has it been for individual governments? Well, it's been really rocky for governments. I mean, as well as facing unprecedented levels of recession in the first half of this year, they've really had to pull out all the stops in terms of spending and cutting taxes to try and offset the worst of the fallout from the pandemic. And I've been crunching some numbers from the budget plans submitted by national governments to the EU in, in, in the past week. And looking at the 19 countries' different plans, they add up to a total budget deficit this year of close to 1 trillion euros. That means that European governments are going to go deeper into the red than ever before as they splash out on emergency measures to counter the uh, pandemic. And it's, it's going to be a similar story, not quite as bad next year, when they're going to uh, have aggregate budgetary shortfalls of just under 700 billion euros, which is close to 6% of GDP. So, Martin, why is there a threat of a double-dip recession? I mean, we're pretty deep into this pandemic at this point, and European governments and the ECB have doled out fiscal and monetary policy. Uh, Why is this coming right now, considering that, you know, we've been in this for a while? Yeah, well, as you say, fiscal uh, policymakers have really pulled out all the stock to try and address this problem, as have monetary policymakers. The problem is governments have not managed to get rid of the virus and the virus is coming back. And, and that means that they're having to reintroduce some of these 
restrictions. Even if they don't go the full lockdown, if they just stick with lockdown light, economists say to me that, you know, it's still going to have enough of an impact on what is already expected to be quite low growth in the fourth quarter because consumer confidence is so fragile, people get worried about the virus so they'll stay at home rather than going out and spending money, businesses will not invest, that will be enough to drag the economy back down into perhaps only mildly negative numbers. But that's really going to be a setback for the recovery hopes for the whole eurozone. Martin Arnold is the FT's Frankfurt bureau chief. Thank you, Martin. Thanks, Mark. And speaking of restrictions, there's now a possible solution to a clash between the UK government and local leaders over coronavirus measures. Boris Johnson announced last week a new set of COVID restrictions. The UK Prime Minister's administration says Greater Manchester needs to enter the highest level of COVID-19 lockdowns. Now, the area's Labour mayor, Andy Burnham, rejected the term. He and other city leaders said the measures won't reduce cases enough to justify the economic damage they'll inflict. Manchester would have to close pubs, restaurants, and other businesses. So UK Chancellor Rishi Sunak has a solution. He's preparing to release tens of millions of pounds to offset the economic burden the measures will cause. Mr. Sunak does not want to set a precedent, though, especially when it comes to huge extra expenditures for communities implementing tough coronavirus restrictions. Mr. Burnham said he had constructive talks with one of Mr. Johnson's advisors, but no deal has been reached yet. And now, a look at Brexit. A few months ago, Bank of America analysts said sterling is now an emerging market currency in everything but name. Now, that's still up for debate, but what is clear is that nothing is quite as sensitive to the success or failure of Brexit talks than the UK's currency. And things are even more complicated now. UK Cabinet Office Minister Michael Gove said on Sunday his hopes of securing a trade deal with the EU had fallen in recent weeks. His comments come just days after Boris Johnson moved to end talks with EU negotiators. David Bond, our Brexit editor, has been speaking to Katie Martin, our markets editor, about the impact of Brexit on sterling and the markets. So Casey, sterling's been on a bit of a roller coaster in the years since the Brexit referendum and has been particularly volatile over the past week, hasn't it? Why do you think that is? As you say, it has been a pretty wild ride over the past few years. That seems a a cruel amount of time to have something on a roller coaster for, but that's the situation we find ourselves in. Obviously, the big shock was around the time of the vote in 2016. That just took an absolute chunk out of sterling's value. And since then, we've largely tracked the ebb and flow of the Brexit talks. This year, traders have had other things to worry about. Obviously, COVID has been a massive part of the picture for sterling and for all assets everywhere, and it has muddied the picture. Now, we are getting incredibly close to the point where the UK drops out of the single market in the customs union. So Brexit has come back onto the agenda for sterling and for UK markets. So We are seeing periods where the currency flicks around on Brexit headlines again that we hadn't really seen for quite a while. It was interesting. I was looking at the chart for sterling since the referendum back in 2016. 
And the thing that really strikes you is just that it fell very sharply, obviously, and has bounced around a bit, but is obviously so much lower than it was before the referendum. What would it take to drive it much lower? I mean, what do you think a no deal will do to the price? So, yeah, what would a no deal do? There is certainly an expectation that if we get to a situation where we do leave single market in the customs union without any sort of safety net in the middle of a global pandemic it's difficult to construct a bullish case for sterling based <laughs> based on that um, and so the thinking among currency analysts and, and among investors is that there would be almost certainly another leg lower in the value of the pound. Is there a real risk here though that there could be sort of complacency or people get taken by surprise? Yeah, as you say, there is definitely a risk of complacency because people think, oh, we've seen this movie before. They're not really going to go through with it. I mean, even if a deal is struck, it's going to be a pretty thin deal anyway, which I think has an impact. Now, what about the relationship between sterling and the FTSE? I mean, you know, would a fall in sterling drive share values down or is it a bit more complicated than that? Yeah, there is a relationship between sterling and the FTSE, but it's not necessarily what you might instinctively think. Generally speaking, a weaker pound is good for the UK stock market. So when you see sterling fall, UK stocks rise. And that's because something like 70% of the revenues in the FTSE 100 are derived from overseas. So a weaker sterling flatters revenues and generally helps the stock index. That said, in the event that you get shocks, that inverse relationship can definitely break down. Now, one thing that is definitely worth bearing in mind is stock markets around the world have sprung back massively since the coronavirus shock in March. But the UK is a massive outlier. So the FTSE 100 is significantly lower on the year. So in dollar terms, the FTSE 100 is down nearly 23% on the year. If you look at the DAX, that's up a tiny bit. That's the German index. And French stocks are down, certainly, but by nowhere near the same degree as the FTSE. So I think that's the market's way of telling us that, yeah, there's there's been a spring back, but there is something that is germane to the UK, which is Brexit, which is holding back UK markets. Katie Martin, market editor. Thanks very much indeed. Pleasure. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? 
Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.